the madhouse. Cheers to episode 15. Episode 15. Cheers. Watermelon Claw. Pacifico. <laughs> I thought you were. Yeah, <laughs> everyone did. I made it seem like there was another word coming. <laughs> What'd you have, Adam? McGillicuddy. Dr. McGillicuddy's the doc again. The doc. The doc is back. Dr. McGilly. The doc is back. We are recording this episode at 7.25. 7.25 p.m. on Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. And I think Alex is no longer a fraud, question mark, because for our... Diehard listeners of the number one podcast in Michigan. He's wearing a Jared Goff jersey. The Honolulu Blue version, the home version. Um, legit. It's not a knockoff. I'm staring at it right now. It's thick. It fits nice over a hoodie. He's wearing it. Yeah. I didn't think I'd see the day. I, Evan, were you skeptical about him getting this jersey? Uh, I was. You put a little pressure on him, maybe he'll bounce back. And it's about time since... Hey, I know he had to wait. I give him that. But as soon as they hit the shelves, he should have been the first one in line of how much he loves Jared Goff. I've got to be one of the first people in the state of Michigan to have a Detroit Lions Jared Goff jersey. There's no way that people are lining the doors for this jersey. So it feels good to be one of the top, you know, 2%, I'd say. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's probably an incredible pickup line at the bars. Yeah, did you guys know? Ladies. <laughs> hey, ladies. Uh, <laughs> I was one of the first people to get a Lions golf jersey. Wait, they don't have Stafford anymore? <laughs> okay. Anyways, how are you guys this week? What is new with you guys for our weekly check-ins? Alex, you can start since you brought the jersey. So I have a Jared Goff jersey. That's pretty new. Came yep. today. Established. I got sunburnt because I went to Arizona last week. Wow. From, from Thursday. Arizona. Thursday to Monday. It's so a big A. I'm not going to be a dad and be like, oh, I'm jet lagged from that flight yesterday. The Cactus Factory. Yeah, I saw the Grand Canyon. I uh, did some hiking. And then I almost died on my flight home. What? I sat in the uh, exit row. You know, very chivalrous of me to sit there. A lot of leg room. Um, not chivalrous. You just wanted leg room. Yeah. Well, either way. Uh, so then we are about 20 minutes from landing. So we're getting pretty close to the ground. All the lights are off because it's a night flight, so it's normal. And then all of a sudden, the exit signs popped on. Like, get off the plane exit signs. Like, open the emergency doors and exit signs. Like, remember my training pre-flight exit signs? And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, the plane is just like, felt like you were in free fall for like 20 seconds. Of just like, if you're on like the power tower at Cedar Point, you're just, you're just falling straight down. So I'm starting to... uh to question what's going on. There was some frat bros behind me and they're like, bro, do, do we need to open the doors? <laughs> and I'm just looking around. I'm like, is this my moment? Am I going to have to open these emergency doors and sling some people out of this plane? I've watched uh, that movie Silly. We'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty scary moment, but uh, yeah, then it, then the plane stopped falling or whatever and no one said anything. So it was super weird. I feel like the pilot maybe uh, fell asleep or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to touch on that. That was pretty weird anyways. He comes, on, he comes on a loudspeaker. <laughs> April Fool's, guys. It's a little late for that, Bob. It's the 12th. 
Yeah, but other than that, the uh, trip was good. Arizona's nice. Much better much better weather no. than uh, the state of Michigan. No. But it's all about your preference. But it was uh, enjoyable. Didn't nice. see any gross, creepy bugs or spiders, which I hate. So that's Rattlesnakes good. would be what you would need to watch out for there. Yeah, didn't see any. Interview for the Arizona job. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't get it, though. So Sorry. <laughs> I'm a top candidate to be an assistant. <laughs> I blanked out there. I was like, what is Evan talking about? I was like, oh, yeah, they fired Sean Miller. They saw that I had some recruiting violations in the past, and they just didn't want to get into that again. <clears throat> uh, went well. You know, had a fun weekend. Had to work. Get up early, four hours of sleep, and grind that six-hour shift, nice. you know. Saturday morning was kind of tough, but it was enjoyable for the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Wait, Evan, you're Can't complain. Your full-time job isn't shot in Michigan sports. Oh my, uh, my bad. This is my full-time job. My hobby. I had to uh, <laughs> had to get up early Saturday morning. My bad, guys. Thank you. Thank you. His, I mean, I just had side, sure. his side hustle, as they say now. Yeah. Uh, for me, we, no. didn't, we didn't ask. Well, I know, but I always have to just pretend like I asked myself. <laughs> Trust me, I realize it's awkward sometimes. Like for me, uh, pretty pretty standard week. Nothing crazy. I had oh robe update. I've been I've been enjoying it. You know, it's not not bad. Um, it's comfy. It's free flowing. If you know what I mean, it's pretty easy access to get in and out of the shower, and it's like a nice intermediate. I can't imagine it going away anytime soon. My other realization, which will be a great transition into our first topic, was I was watching a lot of Masters this weekend, and I had a disturbing realization watching the golf tournament. So the hot name. Mm, yeah, I would say he was the hot name, Will Zalatoris, because he was like a new up-and-comer, first time playing the Masters, 24 years old. I'm like, and all the comments, you know, online, even by the announcers, like just talking about how thin this kid is, how he's like a rail, he's a coat rack, like he's not, he's a flat, pe- he's like that flat piece of wood from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, like that's just what this kid looks like on the golf course, right? I'm like, okay, like how, what are these guys measurables? Like, what are we laughing at here? You find out he's 6'2", 165. My eyes get a little big. I'm like, I'm 6'2", maybe 6'3", depending on like what night you catch me out at a party. But other than that, I'm like, what, 175? No. Most, I'm 175 most Soaking days. Soaking wet, baby. No, 175 like in the morning most days. Potentially I've been up to 180 in my life. I'm like, I'm, I guess I look not much different than this guy. And I'm like, is that what I look like to people? Like, just walking around in public? Like, just a rail, thin piece of cardboard? And it was like, geez, man. I might need to start just yucking burgers on the weekends. And, like, stuffing pizza down my face. Down my pants, like in the Dodgeball movie when uh, Boyd Goodman is just stuffing his pants with pizza. Because I can't be looking like that if that's what I look like to people. Now, he was wearing a baggy golf polo, so that may have hurt him, but... Made me nervous. You're thin. There's no denying. You're you're a thin, tall string pole. That's how I describe it. You're like a fishing pole. Well, thanks for uh, you know doing the opposite of just playing. No, man, you don't look like that. But I would hate to lie to you. You know, this lying's not good. So I just had to be honest. Evan, what do you think? Do you think Grant is is good weight, or should he she put on some pounds? You know, I think you're fine weight right now because the, the pounds are always going to add up later in life. Mm-hmm. And so enjoy enjoy the stature while you have it. Okay. There's no need to put on pounds when you're this young. You're yeah. in the prime of your life. Because as soon as you start adding pounds, you'll never get them back. 
I like that. You'll never get them back. I'd feel a little bit better if I had like a sick golf swing. Like it made me also think that, you know, maybe I could get okay at golf. He put a lot of torque on that ball with dude, they said he had size 28 hips, which is tiny. That's like, really, really small. For his height too and everything, 28. Mine are like 32. So then I was like, okay, I don't feel as bad. But anyways, insane. Maybe you'll be uh finishing second at the Masters soon. Maybe. Speaking of the Masters. I would like to get your guys' overall thoughts on the annual tradition, the start of spring, Jim Nance on your TV. Go to Evan to start this one. What did you think about this year's Masters Tournament? Glad it's back in April. I'm glad I get to hear Vern Lundquist call the 18th hole, 16th hole mm-hmm. on the par three. That was enjoyable. I still think the CBS production and ESPN production could be better. Like, there's live golf on. I want to see it. I don't care about people talking. Yeah. Um, But the overall tournament, it it was exciting, um, but not as exciting as it could be. Down the stretch on Saturday, um, before we got to, like, the back nine, I thought we were going to have a fantastic Sunday. But some people kind of fell off uh, to where – the anticipation building up for Sunday, the final back nine wasn't as high. I know there was a couple holes there where we thought we might see a fantastic ending. Yeah, what was that? Uh, was it 15 he put it in the backwater, which I've never seen a ball go over the green into the backwater. Usually they miss it front of the green, front water. He just sent that puppy. I think it was 15. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yes, and then Xander on Amen. 16th Xander choked. Is, and mm. they even said that. They didn't really say he choked, but they said, well, we have, haven't really seen any ball go in that water in quite some time. So yeah. you know it's a big deal when somebody hits, a, hits into water on 16. Um, and that kind of just derailed. You knew Machiamo was going to take it from there. Yeah. But I still enjoy the Masters. It's one of the best golf tournaments every single year. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It just was relaxing to see on TV. Makes you want to go play golf. Tournament-wise, I probably the same with you saying. I thought it was pretty pretty boring overall. What it did make me think about, like I really appreciated the 29 ma- 2019 Masters um, when Tiger won in the spring even more after watching this one. And I was like, I mean, I enjoyed the 2019 Masters in the moment. Don't get me wrong. But now I'm like, wow. Like I would love to just go even watch that one again on like YouTube and just enjoy how great it was. Because when you have one like this where it's not – because that leaderboard in 2019 was insane. There was like the the world's best players all within one shot of each other. It was super exciting. So Miss Tiger, obviously, and everything too. Alex, your thoughts on the tournament? Yeah, I obviously didn't watch a ton of it because uh, all vacation right. Zona. But uh, what I did watch, I watched a lot on Thursday, and then I saw Saturday. I saw Hideki's uh, little run where he kind of close. It felt like he was closing it out already on a Saturday. He took a lead. Obviously, my picks were doing pretty well going into uh, Saturday. And yeah, the of, picks. Good point. Kind of fell off after that. Overall thoughts felt weird without Tiger Woods, even though he hasn't. I think he missed a one or two a couple years ago also. But, you know, he just brings a different vibe to the tournament. But also, it's much better when it's in April and not November. And so I can always get behind, you know, the aura of the Masters. I'll always love it. Agreed. Our picks, just to get them on the record, because we kind of we, we did a victory lap and gloated in people's face that we got our NCAA March Madness picks right, so we should 
you know, hand up when we don't get it right. But I will say not, you know, to be too hard on ourselves, our picks were pretty good overall. Like, I would say if you took any of the guys, the names we mentioned, it wasn't like, oh, they were dead on day one. A lot of them were alive on the last day. So, Speed finished T3. Nice, Alex. Rose finished 7th and led half of the, the whole tournament. Really could have used him to pull one out there. Uh, Evan and I's guy, Justin Thomas, T21, which is surprisingly low because he was up there like the whole tournament and just faded fast. He had a meltdown on one. At the end. Really and then Halvin was a roller coaster. He finished T21 as well. So he would like start off slow and have these like great birdie stretches at times. And then he was right in the mix. And then surprisingly enough, the guy that I just threw out as a funny round one leader, Leishman, Leash Daddy, T T five. So he almost was leading on day one. He he started, I think, two under through three. And I was like, oh my God. I just saw the board so clearly. Thursday, here we go. No, he didn't win the, the first day. Alex's guy, Justin Rose, did. Um, but our picks were pretty good, so I don't I don't regret anything. I don't know about you guys. Two top seven. One was a dark horse and one was a favorite, so you expect a favorite to be there, but to have your dark horse horse there too. Yeah, I feel great about my picks. They didn't win, but you know, feels good going forward. Yeah, and I don't think like with the I don't think in a million years I would have looked at the board and go, yeah, Hideki Matsuyama has a shot here. I mean, realistically, if I was a deeper golf guy, I probably would have because he's a good player. He was the low am there one year, top twenty five um, player in the world. But I just it's not like we missed like a Kepka, you know, or a DJ. We we missed Hideki Matsuyama, so hand up, whatever. Now this question, last thing of golf here, made me think too. Uh, watching the Sunday at Augusta, like the pins, the undulations, as they say in golf, that you can't really see on TV. I'm sure if you were there in person, they would look insane. Just the way balls hit the green, you're like, that's a great shot. And then it just rolls all the way across the green off. You're like, oh my goodness, if I was golfing, that would just be a nightmare. What do you guys think you would shoot from the tips? Like play it like the pros play on a Sunday at Augusta. Um, Maybe like if you... I don't know how to phrase it because, like, obviously if there was pressure, like, you have the lead or something. You go in with a one-stroke lead. You probably would shoot worse because you're nervous. But take it however you want it. I'll throw it to Evan first. What is your final score? 18 holes, Sunday at Augusta. Sunday at Augusta. I'm, I took this as my current golf game. Mm-hmm. What are you shooting? I'm not saying I'm peak performance. I'm not saying I'm a pro. I'm saying, Evan, you go out there right now on Sunday, the same hole locations. You're playing the tips. What are you shooting? So I had to do some research. Not much research, but I just looked up the scores. And I think an amateur finished in last, and he finished plus 17. So right. he's one of the best amateurs in the world playing right. Augusta. And he finished plus 17. So in I one said, day? At, no, total. Over he missed the cut, so two, oh, day, so two days. Okay. So at best, I told myself, the best you're going to get, Evan, is a plus 34. All right. So, and, uh, so you're on one round, right? Just to clarify, because one what, round, eighteen yeah. holes. My best. One oh six. There it was plus thirty four. So best is one oh six seventy two plus thirty four. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Let's start to you, Grant. I did zero research. I just thought of a big, massive number. I wrote down one fifty. I think I'm shooting a one fifty at Augusta. Um. I'm definitely going in the water on 12. There's zero doubt. There's zero doubt in my mind that that's getting dropping in the water. And I'm probably hitting it in the water again from the drop zone. And then 13, you got to go over the water again. Par five, definitely water. No chance I'm clearing that little like corner. Um, I think it's like nine or 10. It's got that massive green. You have to shot shape it around a bunch of trees usually. 
that's easy an eight. Like, there's no chance I'm getting to that green. And that, like, I'm basically just going to be hitting my seven iron around all day. And uh, it's going to it's gonna be gross. The par fives will not be gettable holes as they are for the pros for me. They will be tens for me. So a 150 might even be, like, too generous. <laughs> Alex? Well, I kind of based mine off, like, what Evan said. I haven't picked up a golf club since August. But I, I can be decent at times. And I think if I could, you know get decent off the tee and just try to two-putt every hole, I think, like... <laughs> You're not two-putting every hole. There's zero percent Try to two-putt. I'm not saying I oh, would. sure. Everyone would try to, but... But not go for, like, one putt. Just go for strictly two putts. I think uh, I put one under... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 99. <laughs> 99 would be the goal. Just to break 100 by one stroke would be... I think I could do it. That'd be a really cool feeling. And I mean, if I was peak summer, like top of my game, I would expect to be a little better than that. 97. I'd say 92. I wouldn't go crazy and say I'd break 90 at Augusta. That'd be psychotic since I've never even seen it in person. Dude, I think the greens are so crazy. I don't even think we can fathom it. But 99. That'd be the at least the goal. All right. And I could easily probably blow up into a 110. Easily. We talked about this. You're like head case Jordan Speed. You'll be talking yeah. to your ball. I so I, I'm in the 99 to 110 range. All right. That's actually probably like similar to what I thought you guys would say. I knew I would be like in the uh, halfway to 300 club. Nothing wrong with that. As long as my vibes were high, I think I'd, I'd enjoy myself. Anything under 175, I consider a win for myself. If I'm playing with good golfers, I think I'd play even better. If I'm no, playing with Grant, I'm going to probably No start. gimmies either. Everything down. Of course. But <laughs> Yeah. All right, so that'll be our, I don't know, I don't want to say our only golf talk for a while, but probably, like... What do you mean? What do you mean? We're not we're not recapping every tournament every week? No. No, I know what we can talk about every week. We can talk about Evan and I's experience on our Monday, okay. Monday Night Golf League. Yeah, all right, so look forward to that for all the golf people. Just break uh, it down how we did each week. That'll be like in the weekly check-ins, you know? Evan we're just... shot a 56 on the opening night. <laughs> If you're set handy, baby. Just throwing that prediction out there now. All right, let's go to the sport that makes people, this podcast, the world money. The National Football League. Uh, the Detroit Lions. I wish I could say it like Dan Miller, but Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Uh, topic two, so two, two-parter here. They are doing a, I like this, I, they've done it in years past, I guess, hand up, I, I probably didn't uh, keep track of it or pay as close attention to it as I am now because of the show, but they do basically their own hard knocks, like a mini version of hard knocks called Inside the Den, so if you want to uh, stop right now, you can, before we talk about it, Inside the Den, episode one on YouTube, Detroit Lions uh, YouTube account, it's about 16 minutes long, it's a good watch. Episode one, they just started. I'm sure they'll have more throughout the offseason. They're not eligible for hard knocks, so it's not going to overlap. So this is all you get of the offseason of the Lions because you cannot have hard knocks if you have a first-year coach. So that's just forward thinking there by Sheila Fordham to keep the cameras away from the Allen Park facility to hire a new coach and fire. So we're going to break down just kind of like what we thought because there was a lot of information in it, some funny parts, some interesting parts. I'm thinking like we do one of those circle things again. Love those. Pass back and forth kind of things. You know, where it's like, oh, you go, then I go. Just observations you had from watching the Lions Hard Knocks version. Air quotes on Hard Me Knocks. Me first? Yeah, you start. Cool. What I liked. 
Anything. Uh, Dan Campbell's energy. He's just an energy guy. I just love that he's just so passionate about everything. Anything specifically? Like... What what I really enjoyed about his passion was how fired up he was to talk to Ford and how much he like was into uh, like the the line workers and seeing what they were doing and be like wow that's really awesome what he does all day I think that was uh, was awesome energy from Dan Campbell I think he has said he drinks a ton of coffee during the day so I think he just gets wired up from just I think in big general B, he's big probably B, just a wired guy so he was a number one thing I'd say Dan Campbell's energy nice. Um, I would say first time well, before anybody takes it, a funny moment that made me chuckle when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, Goff gets introduced and then he's going around like meeting everybody, and then it cuts to, like a short little clip of like Dan and Goff like meeting in the room, and like Dan Campbell like sitting there like talk to him, and then like Goff is just and all of a sudden Dan just like <laughs> yeah. puts his hand on his cheek like he's like five years old, like. <laughs> How was your day, Jared? And I just struck it funny. Like, Dan's this six five like, human being that will go on rants, and then he's just sitting there casually just like, oh, Jared. I just I just found it striking. Like, out of all the people, I don't think Dan would do that. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. He just kind of, like, stared at him like he was a middle school crush or something. <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, I think it was, like, Looney Tunes. It's, like, Pepe Le Pew. Where he's like in love with uh, the other like skunk character, and he's always just <laughs> his, like hearts over his head. That was Dan Campbell. To Jared Goff. Jared Dan Campbell loves Jared Goff. Yes. No, he really does. That was a big part of the episode. Um, I'll do two quick ones because they aren't super exciting. One, the Allen Park facility. I don't think I've ever like seen inside of it that much. It looks pretty nice. The indoor practice field doesn't look super modern, but all like the nice wall art in the hallways looks pretty clean. And then Antoine Randall, big standing desk guy. That was stood out. There was a couple sitters at their desk. He's a big standing desk guy. To me. Yeah. Two uh two funnier things I saw. I saw. Fall. Saw. Uh, Dan Campbell's mask was falling down every ten seconds and he Classic. had to pick it up over his nose. I thought that was funny because he just so aggressive when he talks, it's falling over his nose. And then also Deuce Staley just asserting himself with such a dominant handshake when he meets Jared Goff, I thought was funny as well. Yeah. Jared! No Aria. Yeah, Deuce is a Deuce. unit. Awesome. Um, I would say it's actually kind of cool, like how authentic Dan is. There we go, Evan. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Coming around. <laughs> um, and then like you didn't really see this from the last coaching staff of like going around to like sites um in Detroit. And, like, talking with, like, the public no. and, like, the community. Evan. And then also I thought it was pretty cool that Dan actually got to drive, like, a brand new truck <laughs> off of yeah. the assembly line. Yeah. Pretty I cool. don't know how rare that is. I'm sure people have done it in the past. I'm, I'm sure workers do it every single day, so it's not, like, a big deal to them. But, like, as somebody that's lived in Michigan and, like, the head coach of the Lions, it's kind of a pretty cool Oh, yeah. Thing. Well, Evan, Matt Patricia couldn't do that because he was working for NASA. So he didn't really have the time. <laughs> yeah, the Lions head coaching job was his side hustle, like Evan's other job. Yeah, like his full timer. His full time job was NASA. A rocket scientist. Mine was speaking of the trucks, when he gets to the facility, he's like, This is Dan Campbell is such a truck guy. He's like, No, I like the Ford F one fifties, but I love me the two, the F two fifty. It's like 
<laughs> and then the guy goes, what about the Raptors? He's like, well, yeah, they're all right. Like, he wouldn't say he hates it, but you could tell Dan is not a flashy guy. Like, he's not a Ford Raptor guy. He's a 250 guy. Like, he doesn't, he likes a little bit bulkier vehicle. And then also when they get on the elevator, he just has a rip in the back pocket of his jeans. It's like the most Dan Campbell thing ever <laughs> for this, like, media thing at Ford. He's just got the, I think he's got, like, the probably dip in his back pocket with just his jeans ripped. I'm like, this is our, this is our head coach. <laughs> The only other thing that I uh, thought was funny was when he's talking to one of the workers and he's like a, a brute, like athlete type of dude. And Dan Campbell's doing the classic dad talk. Oh, why aren't you on the team? Why aren't you trying out here at Allen Park? Yeah. And it, it went on far too long. <laughs> so like, awkward. <laughs> it got just so weird and awkward. He's like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Anything else, Evan, for you? No, I think you guys touched on everything that I have. Guys, I feel Not about like, the elevator scene. I feel like an idiot. I have so many more. You did the, oh, when you did the goggles. Oh, yeah. Not that there's cameras <laughs> on me. I laughed at that the first time. My a question I wrote to myself as I watched is like, are Dan Campbell and outside of football knowledge and like what they love, are Dan Campbell and Cliff Kingsbury polar opposite human beings in the NFL? Yes. Like Dan's this rugged tough guy. Yes. And Cliff is like the like Cliff would never wear ripped jeans unless it was like a fashion Cliff's statement. Cliff's getting Manny Petties every week. He's for going. Sure. He's going to the Ducati factory, <laughs> and Dan's going to River Rouge, like Ford factory. Dan's ripping it up at the local water hole every night, while Cliff's at like the, a nice bougie club where he's sitting in the uh, yeah. private section. Yeah, Dan's in like a log cabin in the woods somewhere, and Cliff's in that like mega mansion, starting a fire, and yeah. chopping wood. Um. This is aside from the lines. The detail of the Ford plant assembly line is unbelievable. Like I'd never seen a lot. Of like with that, the the intricacy. When they said we pull, we build a new truck off the lot every fifty three seconds, I almost spit out my drink. Like, are you kidding me? That seems way too many trucks per day. Fifty three seconds. Like, so if we just sat here for a minute, like, boom, another truck off the line. Boom, another truck off the line. Who's buying all these? Unbelievable what they yes. got going on. And then that one guy that came up to Dan, he was like. I hope it was so cocky. This guy's a legend. He's like, I hope you turn the boys into winners. Like we are winners here. Like talking about how the Ford plants a bunch of winners and the boss. Like I like that. I like that attitude. They are winners, Grant. <laughs> the Ford plant. Yeah. Yeah. They are. No, they are. So they had every right to say that. Dan said he'd take any truck in the world, the F one fifty over anyone. I do like also that he had his hat signed. You know, if we're gonna get sentimental, what a what a nice moment by yeah. Dan Campbell to you know get the. The people of Detroit to sign a hat for him. That was a classic, though. I wondered in six months, like, is that hat just going to be lost in Dan's office somewhere? Or is he actually going to hang that I, up I somewhere think, special? I think he'll put it somewhere special. Dan's that kind of guy, based on what I've seen. He might. I think he's just a super real, passionate dude. I also love he was just dropping, he said, excuse my language, like, a couple times, but he was just dropping F-bombs in the factory meetings of these people, like, just cussing left and right, like, screw the weather, like... <laughs> I just laughed when he was like acting like Detroit's gonna become a destination spot for NFL talent. Like, there's no chance. Like, you could get as good as you can. You can try. I just don't think you're gonna be luring a bunch of free agents here. That's just if he did that, that would be incredible. Never know. And then I sent you guys this clip. The little fat. I can, you just know exactly this guy, like Grandpa. Um, you know, grandkids probably love the Lions. He's probably terrible at technology. He's just filming Dan Campbell's speech and like trying to be discreet about it, like super straight up, like as he's talking. And they just panned to him for a second. It was so funny how uncomfortable the guy looked filming it. And they just go right away. Also brutal for the the factory line workers. You only get one earbud 
because um, you have to be able to hear communication from everyone else. Like that would just, when I listen, I only have one earbud going, it sounds awful. And then I felt bad in the, the, the ride for golf. You could just tell like uh, his girlfriend, Kristen Harper, she seems lovely, but like she could not be happy moving to Detroit, like from LA. They don't like, live you just in Detroit. Kinda, you just kind of feel bad. They live in Birmingham. And then my last two things, true, but still, the weather. Um, Summer's on I was kind of doing a power rankings, just thinking about the whole truck thing. And I have three guys that I think would be the top NFL truck guys for head coaches in the NFL. And I want to see if you guys agree or if any, I'm missing any names. So I have da- our guy, Dan Campbell, up there. Mike Rabel seems like a massive truck guy. And then Mike Zimmer, about the big three NFL truck guys. Like when I think of a head coach driving a truck, those guys like fit the front seat perfectly. I don't see Zimmer as much, but I'm trying to think of a replacement. You don't think Zimmer? Oh, no, it's Zimmer. Yeah. There's a video of him like in his like log cabin mansion house in Minnesota. It is the most like northern like yeah. hunting fishing guy of all time. He definitely drives a truck. All right. Too. I'm sure there's a lot of NFL head coaches though that do drive right. trucks. Right. I th- but I'm saying that that's the elite tier of like yes, they like belong in a truck. What do you think Andy Reid drives? I feel like it's got to be a truck. Jeep, a Jeep Patriot. I can't see him in a in a smaller car. He's a big unit. No, yeah, he's definitely, definitely an SUV type. I think truck. Like Escalade. What about uh, Anthony Lynn? I could see him in like a a sports car like for a sure. Caddy. A sports car, yeah. Uh, Mercedes Benz, BMW. I don't know. One more, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I feel like he could be a truck guy too. No. I mean, a lot of coaches probably are truck guys. I, I, Sean Payton's What do you see Sean Payton driving? A silver SUV, like any brand. Like Just, a mom van? No, so like an SUV, like a nice sporty SUV. Like a Cadillac Escalade? That's a little big. Something slimmer. Prius? No. <laughs> no, I can't think of many that would, that would drive a Prius. What was my, oh, last thing. And then in the very end, to wrap it all up, they like have Goff in the varsity jacket, and he looks like exactly what Ryan Gosling would look like in a '90s rom-com movie as like the star quarterback of the team. They like are he just is like made for that jacket, and you could just throw him in a movie, and he would be the the starting actor for that. Yeah, yeah, no, no argument there. He wears the crap out of that varsity jacket. I hope he wears it in the tunnel before games. I hope the lines are good. Yeah. Did you uh? Did you get a fu- fu- oh? I said not gonna be. Did you get a false sense of hope after watching this? Um, just every now and then, like when they pan to Jared Goff, I always forget Jared Goff is actually our quarterback, and it's not Stafford anymore. I'm just, I it just like hits me every now and then. Like you forget about it, it loses your train of thought. Oh and then wait! It's like, oh crap! Jared Goff is off the quarterback. Like when he put on like the shoulder pads. And he's like pulling up the football. It's like you have scrawny arms. <laughs> like his arms are just look so frail. It's like this guy. We picked him. Pro Bowl, Super is it, Bowl. Is it because he wears the tight like uh, sleeves though? Like he wears the, the half sleeve, or is it just because of his arms? I can't wait for Jared to prove you wrong, Evan. It'd be awesome if he did for everyone. And go eight and wait nine and eight this year. Whoa. No, this is a Sam Howell fan account. Wow. Are Whoa, you want to next... tank for Sam? Evan doesn't even want to talk about this year's draft next. He wants to go to next year's draft. <laughs> tank for Howell. But Evan, I just bought that doesn't jersey. Work. We're going to need a better catchphrase if we're going to do the Howell thing. Uh, I'm not because I'm clearly a Jared Goff guy. 
The other quarterback's jersey you own is Patrick Mahomes, and he's pretty good, so maybe it'll be good luck. Maybe. Because you're kind of a fraud Lions fan deep down. We'll get to that in episode by episode I'm 25. I'm not a fraud Lions fan. <laughs> nah. It's season tickets. All right. Fine. We'll prove that you're a Lions fan with your draft knowledge here. The draft, boys, is 17 days away. As of recording, I'm pretty sure. No. Maybe less. Maybe 16. Fire me up. I fucking love the draft. I love the draft. I love the NFL draft. I think it's one of the most underrated, like, sport events all year. I know it gets talked about, like, nonstop, and that's all you see is, like, who's going to get drafted. But, like, the event itself... Mm -hmm. I just love like, the aspect cool of it. Nice. I love like I just want to sit in like a team war room just one oh. night and just listen to everything that happens. I wish you could like sit in a separate room and listen to all thirty-two teams communicating. Oh but I just love the draft. How much would you? you oh, this would be if they ever got like broke. How much money would people pay to be able to listen to the audio of their team's war room? I'd pay like a stupid amount, probably. Like I just, I would, I would, I would want to know. Would love to know. It's, I mean, in Tevin's point, too, I love that he shot out of a cannon right there. The the NFL draft pulls bigger numbers than a lot of NBA and NHL playoff games. Like, it's a, a bigger TV event than a lot of other leagues' playoff games, which is why football is king and why people like Colin Coward start their show every single day with, like, draft talk for the last three months. So, now it's our turn. We kind of waited because of March Madness because our basketball teams in Michigan college are sick, not the brag. But now we turn our attention to the draft, to the big day where Roger Goodell will be calling names across the platforms worldwide. So, just general thoughts. How are we thinking about the draft? You can go national, like how things have shaped out with trades. Um, and you can also give your Lions thing. What, how, what's your brain at 17 days away? My brain is at the point where all I can think about is what quarterbacks in the uh, – uh, really all quarterbacks – Who's going first? Who's um, going where? The big five, you'd yeah, say? Yeah, in the yeah. big five. And are they all going – could they potentially all go one through five? Or are they going all top ten? Is anyone going to fall? Are the Lions going to take a quarterback? I think quarterbacks is my overarching just like thought. Like what is going to happen with quarterback movement during the draft and then afterwards with like trades and such with like Jimmy G and whatever. It's a crazy quarterback – Draft year. A lot of buzz around them. A ton. Zach Wilson stinks. Okay, good one. Um, I would say with all the trades already happened, are there any trades left for the Lions? Like a quality trade offer for the Lions that they want to move back? Um, Because you think about it now, the teams that could potentially trade up or trade back have either gotten rid of a quarterback or they've already done it where they jumped so early and so high in the draft, now they kind of, like, push the lines out of the way. So now there's only, like, one guy that potentially could follow us. And so your opportunity for, like, teams to trade with you is a lot slimmer. Are you saying, like, even on draft day or more just pre-draft? I would say say both because San Francisco already made a move. Um, So they played their hand. The Jets played their hand with getting rid of Darnold. So now you know those first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, where in previous years there haven't been really a lot of before trades, before draft day trades. So now you kind of already know what's going to happen. So like the hidden idea or like people not knowing is kind of out the window. So now teams are 
likely to trade up because you kind of can like pencil in what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco was aggressive early and often with getting to three. My thoughts are in no order, just kind of brain dump here. Nationally, I'd be stunned if uh, San Francisco takes Mac Jones at three. I know there's a lot of smoke there. There's like Schefter, I think, was even on that, saying he's hearing that. I would be rocked to my core if they gave up what they did for a high floor player like Mac Jones. I know Shanahan's had success with players of that uh, similar comp, like a Kirk Cousins type, like made him very good. But that's what that's how I see Mac Jones personally. I don't see him as like superstar and MVP. And I don't think you go that hall unless you're trying to go for a you know more modern NFL MVP level quarterback. So I'd be stunned if they take Mac Jones. And if they take Mac Jones there, then you can almost bet that Fields or Lance will be sitting at seven, and then that would be the trade opportunities that Evan is nervous about potentially not getting. I think even without, if if Fields or Lance gets taken at three, I still think. I think Atlanta is going to take a not not a quarterback, and I we know Cincinnati and Miami probably will not. Um, assuming no one trades up to those spots, and there should be one of the top four quarterbacks at seven against the Lions to either take or take a trade. That's how I'm thinking. Obviously, things can happen where they might people could jump up ahead of us even to get their quarterback. I think there might be. I don't. Th- I don't think any trades will happen involving the Lions pre-draft. I think they're like wait and see who's at seven because they probably have a few guys they're comfortable with at that pick and then they'll see what they do from there i'm starting to get the vibe from mock drafts as we get closer that there's a good chance that panay sewell could be available at seven which really uh tickles my fancy you know that would be something that i could get behind um and not to just jump prematurely into what would we do let's uh put that on the back burner and talk about quickly what does your gut tell you the Lions will do? Obviously, we have to think that this is a different regime, So, it's, but it's hard not to think about all the flashy skill position, high round draft picks of the past. So Alex just had bug eyes. Maybe he wants to get to that. But besides that, I'll throw it to you. What is your gut telling you that the Lions will do on draft day with this the first pick? We don't need to get later in the draft. Just the big, the big honcho, number seven. Uh, my thought is the Lions are just going to take best available at seven if they stay at seven. That, give me more. Now, That's boring. Best now, available. Snoozer. Look, looked at some mocks. Who's mocks? Well, I just looked at CBS's mock, and it that's what made my eyes open wide. They Moccasins? The CBS mock draft. Who writes that? Uh, uh, Jonathan Jones. What? I don't know, but he's a conversation. Lawrence starter. Wilson Jones, Patriots trading up to four. Lance Sewell five at the Bengals. Pitt six. Lions trading with Denver. They take Fields. So, so Lions Fields. Move. So they took Jones at three. Then yes, they go quarterback one through four, and then two picks. Lions pick, but they trade. It's pretty crazy mock draft. That's your baseline. <laughs> no, I just just thought it was interesting, but so. I, Assuming the Lions stay at seven, I think best available, you're looking at Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, potentially Sewell. Okay, so who do you think they're going to take? Who do I think they're going to take? I think that... You're on your couch. It's draft night. You're nervous. The group chat, 
you have opened up, you're ready to send off your all caps, either yes or no, we blew it, text, what name is coming across? I think Sewell's going to go before seven, so he's not going to be there, and the Lions are going to draft Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. You really think that? I do. I think he might be there, and I think if he is, they will take him. I think you are underestimating the intelligence of our new staff. I can't judge the staff on drafting until I see it. And I will have to base it on Lions history in terms of drafting. And uh, that's that's what the old Lions would do. I think there was a big offseason hint that maybe they're not going to. I believe their, they might not do that. To put all their eggs in the skill position basket. I would love them to take Sewell. And I think he could be there. And they would. We'll get that. You're skipping ahead. We'll get to the what you would do. I think they'll take Pitts or Chase if they stay at seven. That's so gross. And I'm disappointed in you for being disappointed in them. I'd, I'd rather not be burned when they take one of them. And now I'm nervous where Evan's going to go with this. I think Evan probably agrees 100%. What's Evan's gut telling him? Uh, my gut is agreeing with Alex's gut when <gasps> they are going to Bad take. Guts. The, they're going to take a wide receiver. I don't think Pitts is going to make it up there. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody trades up to get Pitts. You think so? You I think see that as well. Pitts would be gone before seven. I think he could go to. I, I would love Pitts to not have to worry be about that. Gone before seven. Um, so I think we will take Chase unless the Bengals do a Bengals thing where they say we don't care about protecting Joe Burrow. Yes. We're going to take Jamar Chase, his old teammate. Yep. Uh, Great story Bengals there. already picked up one of Joe Burrow's old teammates this week. Yep. Randy Moss's child. So they might say, you know what, LSU skill players, yes, we want them, and we'll figure out the offensive line later. I wouldn't be shocked if they went, Chase, but I think the way that the draft's going to pan out, I think it's going to be a wide receiver, but I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. All right. So Evan's gut, I also despise right now. Hopefully you guys flush that out of your systems as we get closer to the draft next week. My gut says that we are taking Panay Sewell if he's there. And I could also see that what was that? Like Yeah, like obviously. I think obviously if he's there, that's who the Lions will take. But it's looking more likely that he will be there. Well, I'm not So, no, so wait, wait, so the Bengals should take let's him. backtrack. You're saying that your gut tells you they would take the offensive lineman over the wideouts. Yes, my gut also says that he won't be there because Cincinnati it can't be that dumb and they need to protect And then you're saying you think instead of a trade back, they would just take I said if we stayed at seven. You I asked me I don't think you did. You asked me if we stayed at I seven. I said what gut do you think we do? I think they trade back. Well, now you just flip flop. You're like a pancake. I think they take Sewell if he's there because I don't think he will be there. Like I said multiple times, I think if Pitts is there, they'll take him or Chase, like I already said. And in a perfect world, they trade back if someone's willing to do it. So you just gave three different options, like Stephen A. Smith. Like we're just because cover all our bases. We're what seventeen days away. Yeah, just you can be wrong. Just say what do you think is going to happen with the seventh pick? Jamar Chase. Your gut. Pitts. Okay. Boom. Perfect. You, yeah, now you didn't you, change. You got mad because I said well, because I don't think Sewell will be there. Because I said my gut says that's my gonna, gut. Their gut's going to take Sewell, and you're like, well, you gave like a well, obviously they are. I said, yeah. Well, no, that's not what you said. Well, obviously they are if he's there. But then why didn't you say that? You because my gut says he's not there, and you asked what my gut said. I don't think you're. Then you shouldn't have been like, well, obviously. Well, obviously, if he's there, that's what they'll take. That's what you think. So yeah. Does Evan think that? I'm curious, Evan. Do you think the staff? would for sure take Sewell if he's there, or would they still go with the flashy skill player route? Seventh pick, lines are on the clock. Pick is in, seventh pick. 
Sewell and Chase are still on the board. They're 1-2, 2-1 on your big board. I believe they would take Sewell over Chase in that situation. Okay. So it's obvious. So you guys are just banking on Sewell being gone. Yes, because that's how the gut works. The gut doesn't say that every single player is available or the Lions are taking Trevor Lawrence at 7. That's not how the game works. My gut says it's going to be an offensive lineman. So this is my other spicy take. I think they would take Rashawn Slater at 7. So I think it's going to be an offensive lineman at 7. Now, to give context where I could be dead off, I looked at our GM... Mr. Holmes's first round drafting record during his time as the director of college scouting there started in 2013. To be honest, you can't glean too much, I think, from that because obviously he's not the head honcho making the shots. There's owners involved. There's less need the GM involved. But just to look back at what they've done, his first year, 2013, so I don't know how involved he was really yet. They took Tavon Austin at eight. That would be nightmare scenario for the Lions <laughs> if we got a Tavon Austin. <laughs> They took a tackle, I think it was uh, at, at two one year. I forget his exact name. I think he was pretty good. He was a bust. Robinson? He was a, a big-time bust. So they took him at second. Was his name Greg Robinson? Yeah, he I even, think so. He even spent some time in Detroit. All right, so he missed awful. by me. But he took a tackle at two. Then they took Donald at 13. Uh, we know Great how that pick. went. Yeah. They, so they went defense once. Then they took Todd Gurley with the 10th pick in the draft. And then they took Jared Goff with the first pick in the draft. So they really went offensive heavy in the top 15 draft picks they've had in their history. The rest, they don't have first-rounders because they trade them all away. So I think it leans more towards he's comfortable taking offensive players that high. It's been an okay hit rate. I mean, Todd Gurley was okay for a little bit. Tavon Austin was a bust. That'd be a nightmare for the Lions if they got a comp like that. I think they're going to go offensive linemen. Um, I would think they would take, my gut says it'll either be Sewell or Slater at seven. So now my question goes to the more fun part where you can just say, what would you do, you know? Uh, you don't have to worry about your gut. Because I think the gut question is harder because it's like, I don't really know what, what Brad Holmes and company are going to do. I'm just guessing. I can tell you what I would do based on my knowledge of football. So, Alex, you start us off here. And I'll try not to uh, chirp your pick when it's my turn later. If I was uh, picking at seven, right? Yeah. GM cap. GM cap, I can't trade. or No, you can trade. Can you can trade. do anything with your seventh pick. All right, so, so I would do two things. If I'm staying at seven. You can explain if people go. You can walk us through it. All right. So if I'm uh, going at seven and Sewell's available, I'm shoring up the offensive line, and I think it's a no-brainer pick. That's who I would take at seven. If he is not there and I'm the Lions, I would desperately try to trade back with, like, New England. How desperate, though? Like, are you... I would say at least a swap first and a second would be about the bottom. I can live with that. I can live with that. So I would trade back with them if I could. And if I traded back, I'd take someone like Parsons, like I've mentioned before, because I think he'll be there in the 12 to 15 range. And then if Maybe. He, and if no one will trade. Risky. <laughs> and if no one will trade and Sewell is not there, that's where it's dicey to me. And I, I think against unpopular opinion, I would go the flashy route, and I probably would just take Jamar Chase and just pair him with Goff and fill the, the Galladay replacement. I know it's stupid, and you're still going to have to pay a top 10 pick and a ton of money and all that, but your options are get slightly limited, and I don't know enough about Slater to say that you should take him, and I'm definitely not taking Patrick Sertan and taking another corner in the top seven. 
I like that, you know, you gave out your options, but I'm just stunned that it was even a possibility for you to take a wide out, just knowing you and no, how you talked about him. I'm against it. And the thing I keep thinking about is I think about, because I've gone through so many hills and valleys of, yeah, I see Kyle Pitts. I'm like, wow, that'd be awesome to have him and Hawkinson. You'd have like a revolutionary NFL offense with two star tight ends. One's basically a wide out. They're freaks. But like, we got... If, if I could promise you you're drafting Calvin Johnson at seven with your skill position pick, we still don't win a playoff game with that caliber of player. So what are we really selling ourselves on if we get a guy that good? And you're not going to get a guy as good as Calvin Johnson at seven. It's almost impossible. Staying to- at seven and Sewell not there, yeah, it's just not a great scenario. No. But I, I can't tell the people that they should draft Slater like because I don't it. know enough about We've him. missed on skills, and we've got the like a Hall of Famer, probably a top – Two to three wide out of all time. Didn't win anything with him. You can say other parts of the team were off, but still it's like our defense is just as bad, if not worse. So I don't know. It'd be a lot. Trade back. Take Parsons. That's what I would do. All right. In a perfect world. Evan? Would I want to trade back? Yes. But as soon as you start trading back, that's when you could miss opportunities to land top talent in the draft. Mm-hmm. As soon as, if you get farther back than, like, let's say 15, you have a smaller window or only a few guys to, like, hit on. Now, if somebody could jump in front of you and take somebody away from you, which you thought was there. That's my whole point of I don't like trading back, especially you, there's a couple guys top of the board that you desperately could use or value high. Um but like the 10-9 range would be ideal if you want to trade back. I don't think anything after that I don't really like. Um, there's not that many teams that I think if you trade Where's, are willing to move up. Is New England 12? New England uh, would be a mock trade with. 15? New England is 15. Was that as, would that be about as far as you would go down? That's as far as I would drop, for sure. Not 19 with the football team? That's too far. What, yes. if you get a, what if you get a second and a third? I don't think Washington would move up right now. I think they're going to have like a trial with Heineke. It um, fits magic. And yeah. then like if you move at 15, there's a lot of teams that are going or need kind of like defense or offensive line help just like you. Yeah. I'd love to so just I, I don't think Denver. I would trade back. So you're taking your pick? I, I think I would. And does it hurt me to say – Look at don't don't uh, skip on the top wide receiver talent. Yes, because the NFL or like social media is known for making fun of the teams that pass on top talented wide receivers, like DK Metcalf. Everybody's like, oh, look who passed on him. Justin Jefferson, look who passed on him. AJ Brown, look who passed on him. Could that happen to the Lions? Yes, but if you draft somebody that's valuable, I don't think it could hurt you. So my ideal world, I, I'm drafting Micah Parsons, and I'm blocking out the haters because I don't really care because Micah Parsons will stick into your defense for a solid eight years and be the backbone of that linebacker crew. Yeah. You know, it's that's it, not your honest thoughts. I'm, I have two thoughts. One, I think deep down it's too high to take an LB. But also, That's, it's hard to complain when your defense is so bad. Like, I don't, you're probably, you will get haters because there's haters at every pick. But, like, if you look at it, it's like you're making your worst unit. If you're only as good as your weakest link in the NFL, you're making your weakest link better. You're making your linebacking crew better, which 
I don't know. Linebackers, they, they help. I mean, look at Chicago. They have great linebackers, and they have made the playoffs. Um, the Packers had a great linebacker. The Seahawks have had great linebackers. Like, they do matter. They're not a dying position or, like, a you-can-cover-up position. You do need a good linebacker. So, there's worse things. I don't know. I'm not – I would not be, like, thrilled. I'll say that. So, I'm not going to, like, walk back totally. Like, I wouldn't be thrilled, but hmm. you can, it's hard to complain when your defense is that bad. Is that how you see That's that? That's the problem with seven because drafting Parsons is probably is a little bit too high for linebacker. But as soon as – if he gets drafted – and you're looking at them like the next middle linebacker. I know people are like, oh, the linebacker position is so easy. But if you're like an outside linebacker, it's very difficult to run middle linebacker. So like the next middle linebacker doesn't even come close to like grading out as Micah Parsons. And so that's where I feel that position or that guy would be very beneficial. Yep. And it, unfairly, a lot of Lions fans would probably have nightmares of Jared Davis because he was our most recent high. He was know, in the late teens. Yeah, but he's a, he was a 20th per- pick or something like that. Yeah, but, but still, like, when you you drop a pick like that on a middle linebacker, you're automatically going to think back to the, you know, last time you drafted one of those. So it will be it'll be nerve-wracking for sure. I don't think you can, you can super complain. I might – I don't know if it's going to shock people or not. I've always been this mindset. Not always, but as we've gotten modern in the NFL, I think you just got to take home run swings. If Fields or Lance are there at seven, I think it's a no-brainer. you got to take one of them. I, the way I see it, like – I, as much as we love Jared Goff and I play into like the Alex hype and all, like love him as a guy. He's like awesome. I do think he could win a playoff game in Detroit, given the right team. He, I don't, you're not going to, I don't think he's ever going to be like an MVP level talent in this league. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. And I think Lance and Fields just more, more I don't know. I don't know which one I would take over the other, really. I haven't like watched them enough, but I both. I both think they're they're worthy of that pick because they walk into a situation where they can guaranteed sit one year, and then if golf plays bad and just doesn't work, then you can thrust him in a second year, or you can even sit him a second year uh, as well, and then golf has gone off your book. So I think if you're if if they're there, I think you should really consider taking one as long as your scouting bears out that you like them, and I would like so if, me if I was in the seat, I would take one of them because I think the quarterback you only get so many picks in the top ten. And I think you just got to take swings at the fence with quarterbacks until you find your guy. If uh, they were both gone, I would take Sewell. I think I said that earlier, if you dropped. So take an offensive lineman. People are always like, oh, but he's a left tackle and you have Decker. If he's that good, he can play right tackle. Like, what are we talking about? The kid can figure out how to play right tackle in the NFL. And if he doesn't, well, then I'd be a terrible GM and get fired. Because I think you have to take him and he probably would start pr- pretty soon. A lot of people in the NFL say that the Slater kid from Northwestern, um, Rashawn Slater, is a more day one ready tackle because he's older and like not as raw but like Sewell's ceiling is way higher I'd honestly probably take either at seven the the way the way I see it like I think making your line super good is what the Lions want to have happen and then here is where I will it's crazy looking back at what our first draft episode when I was like Devontae Smith was my dream pick and now he's like completely off everyone's minds like just draft season's wild so that's crazy for me, the skill guys, if Chase or Pitts are the only guys I can really pick from left, I'm trading down, and I'm out. Yeah, until you run into the thing where you're going to trade down and you're going to get nothing back, and you're basically just trading out to trade out. I would go down as far as 19, and I would take um, the best outside linebacker, uh, the, the, the first guy we talked about, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, as my first How pick. How bad of a trade would you take? I would at least need a second and a third. 
all right, so when you don't get that, who are you going to take? And Sewell's gone. Quarterbacks are gone. And you're down to... But here's to, the thing. Like, based on the NFL, I think I don't even have to worry about that. Like, I think that will be there. Well, Slater... If a quarterback... Sewell, if yeah. one of the four quarterbacks is there, you're going to get so many calls. That's the biggest thing. Like, there are going to be trade offers for that seventh pick if the, the fourth quarterback is there. What if the fifth quarterback is there and it's... Uh, I'm not taking Mac Jones. All right. All needed to be asked. No. No, that's a good point. Cause, but I specifically am saying Fields or Lance. I think I take a shot on those guys. And if it doesn't work out, well, then I get fired again. You would trade all the way down to 19. Yep. I don't see how you're going to second and a third to trade down that far. You're going to have the seventh pick in the NFL draft. Depending on what quarterbacks are available. It's only going to work if Fields or Lance is available and potentially all. Maybe, dude. People are saying like Pitts is the best player in the whole draft. Change your franchise. So if he's still there, you probably get a lot of calls for and him how too. How we don't want? Because I don't think it makes sense for the Lions. Why? Because we're not like. I mean, it's going to sell tickets, but I don't think we're win now mode. And he's like a plug into your system. You have your quarterback. Like that's why I wouldn't be stunned if Cincinnati took him or. Um, Miami took him. Miami, it makes sense. Cincinnati, they need to fix their line. Sure, but they might see it as like we're selling tickets with Joe and he's slinging around the yard. Like, that's fine. Or Joe's getting hurt again because his offensive line can't block. That'll probably happen, but I'm saying I can I can see it because they think they have their guy. My first and foremost, if a quarterback's there, I think they should take him because I don't think Jared Goff is the long-term answer in Detroit. And I want him to be, but I just don't think he is right now. Don't disagree. So, draft talk. Get you fired up, though. That was, that was nice. Felt good. And we're still 17... 16 days away. And that's only the first round. My goodness. We need more picks in the draft, though. I think everyone can agree on that. It'd be nice to have Right. One. Then you're going to have to trade down. Yep. There's no way around it. Trade all the way down to the third round. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, you guys want to do topic three? Yeah, I mean, break down the Red Wings for us. Perfect. The quick hitting, yeah. quick hitting April in the D, the Red Wings, like Evan predicted. We said, we said, book it, ship it, send it. Anthony Manta was getting traded out of Detroit, and it happened, uh, I guess, down to the wire, the deadline. So, Evan, you might just give a brief uh, of what we got back for the casual hockey fans, a.k.a. myself, who don't know every single name and pick. I know we got a first and a third, I believe. But break down everything else that we got. And back most for. importantly, did we win the trade? Good question. Hey, first we traded two other players, right. um, Merrill and Nemeth. Chop those guys. It's, it's it's where people wanted somebody, and I just picked up the phone call and I said, "Give me a fourth. and they said yes. We got draft capital. The biggest trade, like you said, was the Mantha trade. Um. A little shocking that it actually finally happened, but not shocking based off of the rumors and his production over the last couple of years. Um, so we got Richard Panic, Jacob Vrana, a first round pick in this year's draft, and a second round pick in next year's back. And we sent them, Anthony Mantha, to the Capitals. Hmm. Um, reading a bunch of articles, reading about it, I think we won the trade. It, for what we're at right now. Um, the Capitals probably saw the other Eastern Division teams, what they were doing, and they needed to make a splash. Um, now, if you're a Capitals fan, some people would say Verona is better. 
than Mantha. Whoa. Um, I did see that. Rana well. is two years younger, and he is at times on pace to score more points per game than Mantha is. Whoa. Um, Mantha's a bigger body. Is Mantha skilled? Yes. Mantha's best production was when the team didn't suck around him. When you had Zetterberg, you had Datsuk, you had uh, Nyquist and Tatar. So he could not be the superstar of like a line. Um, but now production fell off when the team got worse. So I I was seeing a bunch of stuff, and I like the way that this guy said it. I don't remember who said it, but I think this trade is kind of a two-part trade all in one. Um, where we got Panic, who's kind of been a dud for the Capitals, doesn't really get many point production. And so I, and he's kind of a high draft, not draft, high uh, cap hit for the next two years. So they dumped his contract onto us since we have a lot of cap room. They gave us a second round pick for that. Okay. We're used to that in Detroit. We're used to that. And then the Vrana first round pick for Mantha. I like the trade. Because Manta doesn't do anything for us in the future or like the rebuilding process. Or the present. Yes, fast forward it. Um, and so my biggest takeaway from now is that the Red Wings have 22 picks oh. in the next two years. Talk about taking swings at the plate. And that includes, so this year, 2021 draft, the Red Wings will have two first round picks. Themselves and the Capitalists, which will be a later round pick, but still two first round picks. Right, right. They'll have three second round picks. Oh my goodness! And they'll have two third round picks. So the draft capital, what Eisenman's obvious plan is, is to build build a future through the draft. Yes. And people are like, well, when you start hitting on drafts, well, with the more draft capital you have, the better opportunity you have of hitting on. A couple of guys. Now, did the NHL screw over the Red Wings and give any playoff team Lafreniere last year the lottery? Yes. Am I still upset about it? Yes. yes. Were the Red Wings the worst team last year and got the fourth pick? Yes. yes. Eventually, maybe the tides will turn and we'll get a high. We'll get the number one pick. I would love for us to uh, like out of spite. We just keep tanking every year until they finally <laughs> give us the first pick in this draft. So they have to give it to we'll us. Just stick it to them. Like you know what. We'll be, we'll be bad again. You want to give us the third? We'll be bad again until we get that first pick. <laughs> yeah, so that's my biggest takeaway is the draft capital that Eisner has collected. And as Red Wing fans, some of them were upset. They're like, no, you can't trade Mantha. Well, I'm sorry. It's it's about building for the future. <laughs> and didn't in want the Eisner plan, we trust. Eiserman is like a kid that just got crazy hot at skee-ball at Dave & Buster's. He's got all the tickets, and he's just ready to cash in for the big gorilla prize or the big stuffed animal toy in the back, and that's going to be all of our draft picks. And you hope that the draft picks don't fizzle out like some of the cool toys that Dave and Buster's do within the first two months. So sounds like though, but with draft picks, like um, it, it seems like they take forever to like really take hold in the NHL unless you're like a star star. So probably still a couple more years down the road for the Red Wings, but. I guess, and also just, I guess, so people should brace themselves for it. It sounds like the way Evan described Mantha, probably going to be pretty sick on the Capitals because he's not going to be asked to do, like, the heavy lifting and there's not going to be much pressure on him. So I guess brace yourself for that, for if he lights it up a little bit. But just know that if he was back here as a first-liner, it wasn't going so well. He'd probably be, like, a, what, a third-line guy there? Is that crazy to say? 
Second. I would say, yeah, third. I think third line's probably Winger. a good fit for him. Second. Playing with Ovi. That's got to be fun. Well, he's not going to play with him. Well, in practice. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be on the same team. Maybe. They'll be in the uh, pregame like, buffet line together. Maybe the power play. Yeah, maybe. He'll be probably a second line power play guy. Who knows? Get some uh, free goals. So the other thing, you have anything on Red Wings, Alex? No? Yes. All right. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Saw an article today from Barstool. Reliable. <laughs> Super reliable news. But uh, I saw I haven't liked it on Twitter. That's actually why I saw it. Oh, nice. Just the, Apparently the Red Wings just need to suck for one more year, and then there's another Connor McDavid-esque talent uh, one year from now. 16 right now in the OHL and just has better numbers than Connor McDavid. Is that the uh, Ontario Hockey League? Sounds right. Yeah, sure. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what else the O would be. Ottawa? No. And, yeah, so he actually has better numbers than McDavid as a 16-year-old playing professional hockey. And uh, so just suck one more year, I guess. Get him and your whole franchise is drastically different. We suck again! (laughs) My voice did something weird there. (laughs) It did. (laughs) Kind of like glitched through that. Yeah, that was weird. Tigers Um, talk. The old TT. Tigers talk. Tigers. Get off the rails. You need a break. No, I'm like a radio host. Welcome back to 971 The Ticket, your home for Tigers baseball. We have all the Tigers talk you need. Your opinion is more. You sound like like they're opening. You sound miserable. You sound miserable. Akil Badu is a pretty good baseball player. I mean, look how miserable you sound. Like. Another Akil Badu. This is you. Akil Badu is a pretty good baseball <laughs> player. I'm wearing my Jared Goff jersey. I just got from Arizona. Did I say that? I got a little, a little sunburn on my wristy here. And uh, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? So Akil Badu had a 450 foot bomb yesterday over the center field wall. Evan, one, two. No, don't do it. Three. Badu. No, guys. No. You're a big doo-doo pants when it comes to Akil Badu. <laughs> no, I like Badu. I don't like when no, you, you guys... No, love Badu. I said it last week. I don't like when you guys do... Why? You don't like that we're having fun for a team that's going to finish below 500? Like, we're finding that... Evans face of Detroit just How many Tigers games have you watched start to finish this year? Shoved against the Answer Astros. Answer the question. From any one to any nine, every pitch, zero. And I probably will watch zero the whole course of the year. I'm Evan, a big have it on in the background and watch highlights, guy. Evan, I have watched majority of them. I figured you would. You're a diehard fan. There's Grant's not, a fake fan. No, there's not. Many, I'm an honest fan. I don't watch. There's not many people that watch a full baseball game start to finish these days, especially in our age range. It's a dying sport. That's a conversation for a different day. But it's dying. But the Tigers. You told me earlier that you're fully back in on baseball, and you haven't like seen a full game. Knowing this year. the cool players, watching the highlights, enjoying. I enjoyed the heck out of the Sunday night baseball game, Braves versus uh, Phillies. It was awesome. There were six home runs and a controversial play at the plate. He was uh, not safe, by the way. He was out, but they messed that up. Anyways, Tigers talk. Badu bomb 450 foot, and Casey Mize. I mean, that had to feel good. That was a big test for Casey Mize, and he delivered. It was. Um, I just love that my guy is proving all the haters wrong, that he is the face of Detroit. Um, and my biggest takeaway from last night of watching the press conference, uh, Casey Mize's splitter, 23 of the 26 
pitches thrown were strikes. Split nasty. And so he has that it pitch. He has that go-to strike him out pitch. That's spunk. And like I always <laughs> go back to, stuff. it was voted the best pitch in the draft when he came out. By who? Me. By MLB Network. By and Alex the analysts Gilman. on MLB Network. By Harold Reynolds. Did Tecumseh Harold voted? Some guy more educated about it. Whoa. Evan, I just need to – sorry. This is completely off topic, but quickly need to touch on it. Do you like the Sunday night ESPN baseball-like show or whatever they do, whatever that's called? Or do you like MLB Network's show better? So you know how ESPN has their, like, baseball show? Sunday night countdown or whatever? Uh, It's like a recap of baseball. It's like John Shambi. No, he's a play-by-play guy. We're getting lost. (laughs) MLB Network or ESPN for baseball? What do you like more? Uh, it depends. No, there's no depends. Yes or no? Like which one is better? It's not a yes or no, but which one is better? MLB Network's better. Yeah. So if the the nonchalant baseball fan like Grant, he should tune into MLB Network to watch his highlights. He should tune in in the morning and watch Quick Pitch. It's one of the best. Every single game gets highlighted within an hour. That sounds great. That sounds M- MLB Network Quick Pitch. And if you want to get some dive. deep dive uh, analytic stuff and you want to see some funny analysts that should be broadcasted worldwide, it's Mark DeRosa on MLB Central. I thought he was going to say the Sean Sports. <laughs> yeah, Mark DeRosa? Yes. I, like, um, I like MLB Network because they have uh, Greg Amesinger. I like him as a host. I think I just something about that guy. I'm like, that guy brings energy to the – I like his voice. He's a good host. Sorry for taking that. Not enough people talk about Greg Amesinger. Under the radar. Way off topic. Evan, if you have anything more to fantasize about Casey Fan, Mize. Fangirl. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get a jersey, and I'm hoping they will have a you're jersey. You're a fraud if you're not go. wearing a Casey Mize jersey the next time we're on pod. No. I'll be honest. I've already looked them up, and they don't have them online. Not the ones that I want. I d- I'm sorry. I don't want the ugly gray cream color jersey. I want the home white. Yeah, right. you have to get the home white. We can do sure. a live show from uh, Comerica Park next week. We'll be at a game. Wow, we so might that, get a little vlog action in. First one. Yeah, first, first YouTube. official vlog well, now action. Now I'm seeing how this is working out, so I'm going to have to get a Pistons jersey at some point. Or Red Wings. <laughs> or Red Wings, but I feel like a fraud. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to so have to get basically have the Stones. Or I'll give you the Jared Goff jersey, and I'll get a Sadiq Bay jersey. Or I'll just do both. I'll just be Jersey guy, and Evan could be Casey Mize guy, and you just be host guy. Okay. I feel like host guy sounds the worst. It's just the nerdy guy that... Keeps us on on track. See, I don't I don't really want to be known as a nerdy host guy. You're not nerdy. So I'm gonna have to get a jersey. What was your GPA in college? I mean, we're pretty nerdy. We talk about sports once a week for for fun. We like sports. We don't care. <laughs> who knows? We will be redoing that for all the fans. But do we're doing what? We like sports in our own twist. That's a lot of work, guys. From I'm, I'm not gonna Park. fully commit to that. And Evan's gonna be in his Casey Mize jersey with a sideways hat. Or like more like this a, NHL mock draft has three Michigan players going in the top four, yeah, and they didn't win the national championship. They're a wagon. Well, because they, they had COVID. They got COVID. Evan. Oh, the vid that stinks. Yeah, the vid. But I appreciate you going for a chop. Just, I mean, that was some that's some deep like Michigan State pride there that he was looking up the NHL NHL draft. He's like, these Michigan guys are like Evan was working up a take that these guys are going way too high. I think they were sick. Yeah, this year. I'm a Michigan State fan, but if I'm a Red Wings fan, I want Owen Power. That's a, a great guy. name. Yeah, I can't say I'm with totally that many familiar. with that many picks. 
Eisenman could just draft like the whole Michigan hockey team or the whole UMass team that won it all and just like bring the college team to the NHL. UMass is six six left-handed yeah. defenseman. UMass won the yeah, co- I won him. UMass won the college championship, right? Yes, they did. Yep. Eat it. I thought St. Cloud State did. Eat whatever. it. Also, they you said taste it. The Michigan hockey team was sick this year. Yeah, they were. They got COVID and they got bounced. That's so. Yeah, that's on you for saying such, such a disrespectful thing. They were awesome this year. They were filthy with the sticks. Nice dangles. All the angles. That's all I got. <laughs> no more. It's the final all right. What did you say? That's all. That's all. But that's not all for the show. We oh, have we're on uh, final four. One last topic. Topic number four. Our second final four segment. So if you're not familiar, we did Final Four of things we're elite at. Now we're doing Final Four of pet peeves. So Final Four is just a fancy way of like power rankings, Mount Rushmore, just like what are your blank of this category and what are you, what are your most popular ones? This one is a little bit more personal. I guess elite at was too. So the way for the audience to learn a little bit more about us behind the uh, all the sports talk. So we'll go around circle again. Um, Alex, as always, go ahead and start us off here with your... A pet peeve. All right, in no order. Right, of course. So one of mine is when people tell me that I look tired. I really don't like that. I have natural bags under my eyes. I get it. I look tired all the time, but I don't need someone coming up to me and be like, oh, you have a long night? You look pretty tired. Yeah, I'm tired, and I didn't need you to tell me that. So I really, really despise when people do that. It's how, really annoying. How often does that happen to you? Way more than you would guess. Like, like quite often. Once a week? More probably two to three. Maybe you should get more sleep. Maybe, <laughs> but that's my own problem, and I don't need people addressing it to me. That it's feels like a jet lag. <laughs> oh, I went, Dad to I went to Arizona. I'm sick. Look at my sunburn. But yeah, I really don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that feels like a like a. I remember in middle school that was a big thing. Like guys would always tell girls, "Oh, you look so tired today," because they did. Because no one we had to get up at what. 6.30 a.m. for school, but I remember being told early on in my life by like my mom or like, I think when my mom was like, yeah, girls don't like it when you say that you look tired. Like it's very insulting because you're basically telling someone they look terrible. I don't care about the, the terrible. I just don't need people to tell me something I already know. It's just annoying. You're tired often? Yeah, I'm tired. I don't sleep enough. You like you said. See, maybe you should see a doctor. No, I'm fine. I don't tell me that either. You look um, tired. Right? I, <laughs> I probably am. First pet peeve and probably my most hated or my biggest pet peeve oh, no. is slow walkers. Ah, uh, that's a great. Point. And this has been great a uh, last four years probably. Spartan campus really. Being on a being on a Michigan State campus, you, you walk to class. People walk to class. When you're walking to class, I'm sorry. It should be a short task. Get to, from point A to point B as quick as possible. And I am a fast walker, and when people don't know how to like properly walk and talk, walk and listen to music, walk and check their phone, it's like, get out of the damn way. I am walking here. And okay. I don't want to feel entitled or like more important, but some people walk way too damn slow to be even like out and about. It's like, get on the bus, buddy. And, and the worst part about slow walkers is they're always like in the middle of the sidewalk and there's just no way to get around them or you're going to be like brushing up into them and you don't want to feel you like do, an You athlete. do the awkward thing. It's And then they start bobbing and waving. You do the awkward thing like, okay, I'm going to pass left. And then they're so bad at walking. Like they're, they're down looking at their phone. And then they start veering left on accident and you're like, oh, 
And then you back off and you're like, okay, I'm going to go right. And then somehow they follow you. They're going to the right of the sidewalk. And then you're like, I can't do anything. That's the I'm worst. stuck behind this person forever. Get off the tracks when the train is coming through. Yes. The w- walking always reminds me of like the culture shift. I remember like my first month or so in New York, like people walk at a base rate of 10 miles an hour on the sidewalk. Like you, the like, people are flying to and fro, even if they don't have a place to be. And then like coming back to Michigan, I was like, wow, it's just a different pace when you're walking down the sidewalks here. Like you're flying. Grant, you're probably a slow walker, honestly. You, you probably choose to walk slow. I don't walk slow. You're a patient guy. You like to go slow in life. I don't like to be rushed, but I do walk pretty fast. Got That's long, good. Got long legs, long strides. That's important. Sometimes, some people would argue just uh, stop and smell the roses, you know, walk, enjoying a beautiful day on East Lansing's campus. Yeah, just stop in the middle of the sidewalk and put your arms to the side. Oh, well, that's a little different. Evan won't be pissed at all. Evan's going to run you over like <laughs> Joyke Bell in your back. Um, my first one, I'm going to go super specific and then probably go like a little bit more broad. This one is like, this. I might be the only person that has this one in the world. For some reason, I don't know when it started. I think in college. It's bugged me so much when you'd be in a conversation with someone. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough where it's like, this is annoying. Someone will say like, I woke up or I did this at 7 a.m. in the morning. A.m. <laughs> means the morning, my, my man. You don't need to say 7 a.m. in the morning. It's already explained that you're in the morning. I think Evan's thinking if he does that or not. Yeah, I, I think a lot, I, I, I do. I a lot of people do. And I probably have too, so I'm probably a hypocrite. But then like, oh, we're hanging out at 8 p.m. at night. Like, no, no, no. P.m. is at night. If you're saying we're hanging out at 8 p.m. tonight, that's fine because you're saying tonight, not tomorrow night. But if you're like, catch yourself, if you're like, hey, uh, like, well, I, I got food at 8 a.m. at night or 8 p.m. at night. It's like, no, you don't need to say that at night part, man. It's just p.m. It's already explained. So really dumb doesn't hurt anyone, but just grinds my gears. To me? No, to uh, Fred. Didn't know if there was a snake draft in it. Uh, so uh, this is probably my biggest one. You know, that was a fair point on the snake draft. I shouldn't have made that joke. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just, I just let people like you just in one ear, out the other. But licking fingers, like when you have <laughs> messy fingers and you're Come sucking on. on them. Come on. Oh. Add us next time. Will you add us next time? I will. I will. I'm so aggressive. Like, licking fingers. Licking fingers. Like... For example, Grant's the guy that's sticking his finger in the – I'm not trying to at you, but Evan told me to. So sticks his finger in the peanut butter, puts it in his mouth. No, I have never put my finger in peanut butter jar. I use a spoon. I am not well, an animal. Out. All right. Fine. Other people so walk, do walk it back. Walk it slowly Other back people, so you make Evan mad. Walk it slowly back. Anyone that has stuff on their finger – Use a napkin. It's very easy. But one of my friends love to do just stick their fingers in their mouth and go at it like animals. And it's just so it, good. It's one of the grossest things I've ever seen. It's it sounds disgusting. You're licking your fingers like a child. It's just so gross. Good. I, I cannot stand it. And anyone that knows me <laughs> knows that I hate it and I hate that noise more than anything. So that that's probably my biggest pet peeve on the planet. And Evan is very guilty. I am, but like Cheeto fingers. Oh yeah. God, get the Dorito worst. fingers. Oh, get those terrific. fingers away from me. You just get done eating actual wings, wet not the boneless wings, wet wet You just get done, and you just you got sauce on your fingers. And bathroom, wash your hands. No, the only, thing, so Evan's, many the only thing Evan's guilty of, and that is guilty of a good time because it tastes so. Yes, good. absolutely. I'm sorry, I like food. It's yes, okay. sue me. But I don't need to see it. 
and I don't want to see it. Look at it. Close your eyes. I d- I try to. Well, stop. <laughs> no, you love the pain. You like to look at no. people. You, no. You you no. You love looking no. at people with their fingers deep no. down. No, 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 no. You can't look away. You're not doing it. No, but you don't look away. Like, yes, I like, do. It's oh, disgusting. I want to see that and then tell you how I hate it. But deep down, I like it. No, it's gross. <laughs> okay, not up to you. <laughs> uh, my next one, I think everyone can agree. I'm not going to say slow drivers. I'm going to say the oblivious drivers. Okay. The drivers right. that don't understand, like, driving etiquette. Um, You know, you're in the left lane, and you're going one mile per hour faster than the person in the right lane. Like, come on, buddy. Speed up to pass them and then get over them. Just because you're going one mile per hour, you're like, oh, I'm going to pass them. No. Get going. <laughs> I am on your ass. Get off the <laughs> tracks when the train's coming through again. Yep. Because I got places to be. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tired of the slow driving. Shout out my dad. He doesn't go over the speed limit. He is the 71 mile per hour guy passing the semi. It's like, come on. Get it going, dude. Wow. And then it's like the just like the common sense of driving and like knowing like if you're parked on like the side of the road. It just happened last week. I'll give you a great example. Love it. I got a haircut. It was probably two weeks ago now. Got a haircut. And he's like, you know what? I would want a smoothie. I'm mm. going to go to Tropical Smoothie. Treat myself. And this Tropical Smoothie location is the worst location, <laughs> I think, in mankind. The parking lot is not big enough. And, like, you can only park in, like, four spots because otherwise there's, like, the angle when you pull in, there's a sidewalk. And so you can't get the angle to pull in the rest of the parking spots. And so I pull up, pull into a parking spot. There is a girl that parks directly behind me just in the driveway. I'm stuck. I can't get out. <laughs> and she puts it in park and just sits there. No. I was stuck. I didn't get my smoothie. It was too backed up. Traffic was everywhere. I just got so pissed off. It's the oblivious drivers to me. Not a pet peeve. He just throws his hands in like, what? Am- I can't go anywhere. <laughs> what a helpless feeling. Um, let's do, for me, this one I definitely was a... Gene passed along thing. I definitely got this from my dad because he hates it. And maybe I just learned it from him. I was like, oh, like my dad hates that, so maybe I hate it. I despise whenever I have to repeat myself. Like, it's – and it's not even, like, people's fault sometimes because sometimes you just legitimately can't hear someone. But, like, if I'm – like, I'll purposely – if I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm, like, in a different room, it's kind of hard to hear. Like, I'll just, like, stop talking sometimes because I know, like, I'm just going to repeat everything I say because it's too hard to hear. And I don't know what it is. It's like you say something, you, you give the energy of talking, and they're like, what was that? And it's like, I just really don't want to say it all again. Like, especially if it's something longer. You're like, you know what? Just f- forget about it. Like, it was never said. You miss it the first time. You're not getting it again. Usually I do cave and repeat myself, but I despise it every time. Fair. I've seen you freak out on me about it before, so I, I know I how mad you are. I already said it once. You need me to say it again. <laughs> yeah. So my third thing is, uh, so like say you're with a group of friends and you're driving everyone and the people in the back are all complaining about your driving, but they never drive the group ever. Oh. So you're always doing the oh tasks. So this is like back, back no, seat. No, no, no. I will not accept this. I will <laughs> not accept this coming from you. I will not accept it coming from you. I can backseat drive, oh, Evan, because wait, no, I drive no, people no, no. all the Before time. Before you get this off your chest, I have something to say about this issue. Do it. You're always the one to drive because you hate sitting in the back seat. You have to sit in the front seat so you have your leg room. That's why you always <laughs> not about to drive. Room. That's why we make fun of your driving. 
I will not accept this pet peeve of you that you bring it on yourself. Number one. Vetoed. I agree with Evan. That's wrong. Because number one. You're wrong. I don't like sitting in the back seat because I uh, I get car sick. So. What? Oh my God. What are you, four or nine? Well, that happens. Well, number man. two, I drive usually because my car is bigger than everyone else's. So that is not really my fault. Not a big deal. When I, we drive far places, no one has a car that can hold everyone. So then I get end up driving. And I wasn't even calling you out. I wasn't saying, Evan, that you were one of the people that No, complained. he didn't say that. I didn't. No, no I'm not You just felt personally attacked. You bring it up no. yourself. I don't think so. Because I think people should be grateful when I'm doing <laughs> them a favor. And they're just not. They just complain. <laughs> we should bow down that you decided to risk I just don't it think it's fair to have someone be like, dude, why didn't you turn left? Dude, why haven't you gotten gas yet? Dude, why won't you pull over for me to get McDonald's? Oh, dude, why didn't you drive everyone else then? Why Why am I driving if you I had so many things I think you, you just could have said backseat drivers in, in general. But it's like, not about backseat driving. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's about that. Because like, you don't drive. It doesn't have to just be driving. If someone is doing something for other people and those people complain about the way you're doing it, but they won't do it themselves, that that's what annoys me. Yeah, but I think that's overall, it might be too specific, but like, you've definitely been a passenger in Oh, I'm sure I've complained. Cars. I'm sure I've complained. I don't know. And it's fair to say, like like you're saying, on long road trips, you're typically the one that would drive the most, most of the time. That's why I think it's fair. Right. But it's then the people who never, ever drive, ever. But that's, there's, I can't think of one that really has never, ever driven and then, like, talked crap in the car. I'm not going to name people, Grant. This is, that's rude. I was saying it's an overarching thing. When someone's doing something for you, you shouldn't complain about it if you're not going to do it yourself. If someone has never, ever driven a car... That you've been in, then fair. Like if they ever. It's talk. not just about cars. That was my example within my overarching thing, but you guys took it very personally because you felt like maybe you guys complain sometimes. I don't think I really complain about your driving ever. I don't say a word. No, and I've complained about yours plenty of times, and you lost your mind. That might be one of your pet peeves. Honestly. It was an honorable mention, so I thought it was just so obvious, no brainer, and we just covered it here. Yeah. So it's not that I care that they're complaining about my driving. It's more so that if you want it done your way, then just do it yourself and don't rely on other people to do it for you. That's fair. That's really the overarching thing. But I'm glad I got everyone hot and bothered. You have a problem with constructive criticism. No, nope, certain that's situations. completely, completely, <laughs> completely No, nope, that's what it sounds like. No, no. If they're not doing it themselves, they can't complain. Like ordering in the drive-thru. If I order your food and I didn't hear that you said something, you bitch about it for the next two hours that you got something you didn't want. Oh, sorry. You should have just been driving and done it yourself. Well, it's not my fault. if you ask me to repeat myself, then I might take a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evan's third one? My third one is, so you're in a room with a group of people. It's 2021. Everybody's got their phone. Everybody's addicted to TikTok. But you play your TikTok <laughs> at the loudest possible volume to where I can't even concentrate in the room. I, I, I really can't. It, it's a pet peeve. I'm sorry. I, I can't stand it. And I will be the one to speak up and say, hey, you got that loud enough, buddy? You do. You do say I it every do time. I I've been in multiple rooms where you yell at someone, dude, you need your phone louder? Specifically, if we're chopping, it's your brother that does it the most. Oh, it's, it's Wyatt. It and is Wyatt. Shout out always Wyatt. ripping um, his I hope ass he's listening to this podcast later. I hope his friends are listening down in San Antonio. But it's Wyatt. Um, he's like the number one. There's other friends that I have that do it too, and I call them out for it. Um, Evan's seen me like, not call it. Evan's Evan's sitting on the couch and everyone. He's like, "Hey, where do you guys want to eat?" I'm thinking Chipotle. And he's like, Corvette, Corvette. And he's like, "What are we doing? <laughs> We're trying to order food." 
It's like, I, I get it. I'm addicted to TikTok too, but do you need to have the volume that loud? Like, I, I don't mind like hearing a little bit of it, but like hearing the oh. entire thing and my entire body hearing it, sorry, I don't need it. And then now I'm so bad at like calling Wyatt out on it that like if one of my other friends are doing it, I'd be like, hey, Wyatt, got that loud enough? And it's just like, oh, wow, I'm just labeling people now. I feel bad for they, it. They do it one time on accident. It's a like move. They, they pull it open. Their volume's full from something earlier. And then it's loud. And it's like, hey, dude, you want to show everyone what you're watching? He's down people's throats. All right. Like if it's loud initially and they turn it down, like, I'm fine with that. But, like, if it's super loud and then you're like, you know, just here's the next going. video and the next video. Yeah, it's like, hey, great. come on. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll move that to an honorable mention. Mine was, like, basically the same. I just said. If you watch several videos out loud, like my move is what I'll do is I'll look at them like, you want like headphones for Christmas maybe? Like what? Like you think of AirPods or we all like cord in? Like just basically hinting like if you're going to watch that many in a row, you can watch one video out loud in front of me full volume and I'll be okay as long as it's like less than like a minute. But like if you're watching several videos like on TikTok, we're just scrolling through your feed now. So now I'm, and it's worse because TikTok's a very visual app. Like I don't want to listen to your TikTok. If one thing, show me it. So we can watch together or something. But what are we doing here? That's a great one, Evan. Um, hmm. I want to go this one next, but I don't want Alex to feel attacked. Do it. I want to preface it by <laughs> breaking news. Badu just homered again. He tied up the game. It's 1-1. Akil Badu, Badu! Just <laughs> You should pay me. Evan's face. I'm, I'm sorry. I turned around to check the score, and it was 1-1, and they were highlighting Badu in the dugout, and I had to check my phone. Badu homer to left. Oh, my God. Apo bapo. This guy's going to be AL Rookie of the Year at this rate. Wow. Love that for the podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Graham. No, no. Evan. Now, chat. Do not, get back to what do you not apologize for that. If there's a breaking news any time on this podcast or a Badu bomb, that calls for interruption. Now, get back to chopping me. No, listen, I what do wanna, you have to say? I'm going to preface it. I'm going to sugarcoat it. I said this to a bunch of people. This isn't just you. You just know it more recently because I said it to you the first time because we share the same bathroom. I cannot stand when someone will not replace the toilet paper roll. I don't get it. It is like the peak laziness thing of all time. Like, I know people will justify and say, oh, like, there's like one, there's one wipe worth left. It's like, In this specific situation, there was toilet paper left. It should be known. My thought That's is the like, time it's ever happened. I would much rather you just either one, you have to, at the very minimum, you have to grab the roll and set it on top of the toilet to be ready to go to switch out. If I had to go in the closet myself, knowing you left it with one, one wife's worth west, that is so lazy. At the very least, put it on the toilet. If not, then I would rather you just waste that piece of paper. We waste paper all the time. Just throw that thing away. Give me the new one. I don't need that one last wipe on the roll. It's never even a good piece of strand anyway. It's been withered through the storm of the whole roll. It's like half already ripped off. You know, it's not a full piece. Evan knows. He's not on his head. So just change the toilet paper roll if you get down to the end. That's all, people. It's fair. Simple. Simple. All right. Evan might complain about my next one. I don't know. Maybe Grant will too. Everyone complains about all of mine. But well, it better be the last one that I had written down for you. Yeah, it is that. <clears throat> but you didn't write it down. Well, you didn't write it down. I wrote Alex. You reminded needs to say me. This. You reminded me. Yeah, because this is definitely something I hate. When I'm sitting, like either in on the couch, and there's a group of people, or I'm or I'm driving in the car, and someone's feet oh, are different. up on a rest next to me, or. You know, they're like close enough where I can see them in my peripheral and they're 
up above my knee, like kneecap height. I can't stand it. Put your feet anywhere else. They don't need to be right next to me. They, they don't. They're just ridiculous. Like, put your feet on the ground. You don't need to put your feet up every time you're sitting down next to someone, especially when you're in a group of people. I don't need your feet right next to my head. I just don't. And people are always like, oh, Alex, you're being soft about it. No, no, I don't need stinky feet next to me when I'm just trying to sit there and have a good time. And there's people in our friend group that are very guilty of it. And at, her, at her right now. At her right now. Yeah, you know who it is, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you, we do. You would, uh... She doesn't listen anyways. You and Quentin Tarantino would not be friends. He's a huge foot guy, so... That's uh, fine. Go ahead, be feet, foot people. It's not for me. And uh, I don't want people's feet near me. You and Rex Ryan would not get along. Nope. <laughs> no so would your, like, final boss be if someone licked their own toe? <laughs> Does that combine? If someone the, does that, they're psychotic. Does that combine the finger licking <laughs> with the feet? If you're fear? doing that for fun, for enjoyment, what's wrong with you? You do that? Eat Cheetos with my feet and then lick them. <laughs> oh my god! Toe sucking the best. I'm joking. I'm joking. What was your one for me? That you didn't say loud chewing, did you? Yeah, I can't say that because my jaw is so loud; it's just hypocritical. And Evan hates that. And I know it's not my fault that mine sounds loud because my jaw's popping every time, but I can't say loud chewing bothers me to this for this segment. Yeah, you can. Because be, Evan will just not take Be the hypocrite. Evan already overruled one. I'd love to see him overrule two. But no, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I really hate the feet thing. Loud chewing is, I think, what you talk about the most, though. From you, for from sure. From most people. It's no, like, it's from you. You're allowed to. It's pretty hard to chew quiet, especially Agreed. when, especially when like volume on things. Sometimes you need a guy playing TikTok out loud to mask your chewing. Agreed. That's why I didn't say it because it's kind of hard to control. It is. It's tough, especially with chips. Kettle cooked chips. Tell me, there's nothing you can. Do. How, how do you chew those quietly? All right, Evan's the last one. Uh, my last one. This is a weird favorite hobby of mine. I love going to the grocery store, All right. and I hate people that lack grocery store etiquette. Okay, they talk don't to know me. what they're doing in the grocery store. They don't know how to push the cart. They don't know how to <laughs> shop. So you're going into the grocery store. This isn't a walk around, have a good time kind of thing. We're not shopping in a mall. This is a get in, get your stuff that you need, and get out and do it in the correct order. I, I give thanks to my mom for teaching me this. The golf, not the golf, the grocery store etiquette. Jared Goff is so <laughs> Jared in your Goff brain. Is your mind right there. I looked down at my sheet and it said golf. Uh, so get your cart to one side. If you're looking for an item, pull your cart all the way over so you're not blocking the center aisle. Spare point. Okay, and then when you're going in, there's a way to bag and put your items uh, from the grocery cart onto the checkout aisle. And then there's a way to put it into your car and there's a way to get it out of your car. Easy. And I, Which is? Just briefly, like the Spartan Oaks. <laughs> the sweatiest grocery shopper I've ever been. <laughs> Super fascinating. I would love to just hire Evan to go get my groceries. We for should him. do like a vlog of Evan just in the store. And I was thinking about this, like if later in life, like when my career or if my career flunks, I should just go around and shop for people. I'd be the most efficient at it. <laughs> the common theme with Evan. So oh, you can go. When you're going in and when you're putting stuff on the conveyor belt. There's a certain way to put it in so it goes into your cart like first and then goes into your cart last so you take it out of your car first. So for example, temperature is what matters here. 
Okay. Yes. So for example, you want to put all the frozen stuff. You want to get all the frozen stuff last out of the grocery store. You right. want to get that last. So it's on top of your cart. So you put it on the checkout line first, gets in the bags first, goes into the cart after you've already checked out first. Now you have a pile of groceries up. And so when you go out to the car, the frozen items would be the last things you put into your car and the first thing you can grab out and put into the freezer. It's true. Yeah. I mean, and this I is know some intense. people just walk into the grocery store and just like, oh, this is my checklist. I'm just going to grab it as I go. I, there's a certain order to go it in. There is. And so my biggest pet peeve, if you don't know grocery store etiquette and kind of just walk around with your head cut off, it's like, come on, person. Come on. I, I'm trying to think of now there's things in life that I've thought about with this level of attention to detail that Evan has for grocery shopping. Evan, I want to ask, this is, I don't do this, I don't do this all the time, but I want to know if you would just absolutely despise me in a grocery store. So what I do is, um, how do I, like, you know how the ends of aisles are just like a couple specialty items, like it'll be a sale, you know, like a. Like you so have your random shelves. Yeah, yeah like the random like shelves. The random shelves that, that bookend the aisles. So sometimes I will put my cart like right next to those. Like it'll be kind of blocking half of it because a lot of people don't shop on those. A lot of people like aren't just going through the specialty items on the end of the shelves. And my biggest pet peeve, I guess, for just grocery stores is I hate going down an aisle like with my cart and people are just in my way and I can't get through. So sometimes I will just leave my cart out of the aisle on the end and I will walk like three aisles put everything in my arms, drop it in my car, and then kind of pull it up to the next one of those stops just to, cause I think I can just fly through aisles fast without my cart. You know, expect it. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing as long as your cart isn't blocking anyone, is. as long as it's Halfway. out of the way. Um, it's kind of a big brain idea. It's like somebody going down and like stopping their cart at one side of the aisle, but they're going and picking something else up. Now mm -hmm. they're in the way. But with you, your cart's out of the way. It's just yourself. You're grabbing a couple items, putting back in the cart and moving on. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing. All right. I like it. If Evan's not opposed to it, I'm going to keep doing it. But if he was like, that is crazy, I probably would stop because I respect his intelligence level at the grocery store so much now. <laughs> Um, okay, my last one, it kind of ties into traffic and slow walkers. I just don't like when people, um, they don't follow the rules of the road when they are walking or using doors. Like when you drive your car down the road, you're on the right side of the street. When you walk down a sidewalk, you should be on the right side of the street in almost every situation that I can think of. And when you go through a door, if it's a two-way door, Go through the right door. Go through the right side like you're on a street. Like nothing – it was just to be a big thing at high school. I don't think it was just our high school. If you went through the left door going up the stairs, you would just get absolutely drilled. Like if you're going upstairs, there's two big doors. Let's go through the right door. Let's like, – like we're driving a car. Nothing – I don't know. It, it, it's a big thing at malls too. I'm crazy enough. I know you have to cut across if you want to go to a store. But when you walk down the mall, they have all the, the shops in the middle. I will make sure unless I'm going to a store on the left, I am walking down the right side of the mall. And I do not like when people are walking back at me at the right side of the mall. There is a two-lane highway going down this mall. And if you're not crossing over to go into Abercrombie and Fitch on my right, you stay on the left side. And you walk down until you cross. Because it's just like, what are we doing here? And then it's like, who's going to flinch first? Like nothing's more awkward when you're just walking down the street and someone decides to walk on the wrong side of the sidewalk. You're like, now do I have to like go on the wrong side? Now I'm being the person I hate because this person won't get over. So 
Just stay on the right side. My only other honorable mention was when people overuse the word literally, which has been a big 21st century problem. Literally, that's such a bad problem. Mainly girls, I would say, not to just characterize a stereotype, but they just say literally so much. What about like? Oh, well, I'm... Like, if, like, as, like. As listening back to this show, when I get sped up, I throw like in a lot. But it's not a slow and loud like. It's like really quick. Like, 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 it's like quick. So, but still, yeah, that's not good. I would like to be, I would like to be better at that. See, now I'm in my own head. But literally, none of us say it. Because I would, I would know it on this podcast. Like, see, I just said like there. But anyways. Yeah, literally, that's literally awful. It's it it's like a word that almost does nothing because if you think about it, literally, like, literally, like it, I don't even know how you can use it without sounding dramatic. Like, I just, like again, literally, you're being so rude right now. But then again, just say you're being so rude right now. You're literally being. So rude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just think about the Kardashians or like that's what I was literally what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. Literally, Kim. Yeah, my only honorable mention was when. Someone texts you or emails you or pages you, leaves you a voicemail, sends you a fax, anything like that. And before you even have a chance to read it, they come up to you and are like, hey, so I just texted you and I said this, this, and this. Yeah, that's great, but I could just read it and you could give it a second and I don't need you to come tell me because if you texted me, it's not that important. I can read it when I want to read it. Or if you left me a voicemail, I'll get to it. You don't need to come find me and let me know exactly what you said in an email or in a text. I just think that's ridiculous. And that's that's it. That's literally, that would be so annoying if someone did that. It is literally the worst. <laughs> like, literally. You have no idea. Evan, do you have any Ani Menchies? <laughs> oh, I have one more, actually. When people uh, shorten words for absolutely no reason. <laughs> that feels like an attack. <laughs> That's funny. It actually, you like to do that. You said Natty Semi. As a joke, but if you're serious. Oh, God, and I thought of another one. Oh, I have one for you. Baby voice. Baby voices. Don't like that. And then when you talk in texting lingo, if you say OMG or LOL or LMAO out loud. Whoa. Yeah. No. No thank you. Literally no thank you. Anyways, back to what I was first. Any Ani Menchies? Any Ani literal mentions for you, Evan? Um, there was a couple, but they weren't really too big because you can't really control them. Like, I hate when people are late. I'm always like show up 30 to 15 minutes early. Um, I hate like awkward situations that I can't control. Like if other people are doing stuff and then you make yourself feel awkward, it's like, come on, buddy. <laughs> and that kind of ties that that kind of ties into like America doesn't have like common sense. Like I'm lucky. Like I was kind of raised like the right and wrong where people are just like doing something you can see like, Oh my gosh, this is completely wrong. And you shouldn't be doing this. It's like, come on, where's your common sense in this situation? Figure it out. I I have one where, yeah, no, America is really lagging in common sense. Like there was one we were going to talk about, like when people just don't know personal space and they're way too close to you or Alex, you hate when people talk close when to your face. They're just like right in your grill. Like, Hey Alex, uh, you see that baseball game yesterday? Yeah. yeah, Dave, I did. Thanks for getting right in my bubble to tell Badoo me. The dude hit a home run. I did, yeah. Again. Um, I have one that made me think when you're talking about the call email. This one, like, it sucks to say because I know why it happens because technology is not that fast. But it stinks when um, someone t- calls you 
and you miss it by a second, second, and you call them right back, and they don't answer. Oh, you're like, sucks. how does this happen? Like, I, you just called me. I know you're looking at your phone. I just called you back. I'm sure it's because the phone doesn't catch up in time, and they miss it. But that is just like, what are we doing? It just like, at the end of the day, it wastes like what, 25 seconds. But like the the agony of like, you just called me. How are you not getting this like call back? Yeah, I have one other stupid one. It's sports related though, so I think it goes well with this podcast. When someone's saying the score of a game, and they say the losing team score oh, first. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is the worst. Get like, launched into the hey, atmosphere. Hey, blah, blah, blah. What's the score of the Lions-Packers game? Oh, it's 7-14. to 14. No. What? No, it's what not. do you mean? Oh, yeah. I'm just saying my team first. No, that's not how it no, works. No, that's just not the score. It's actually 14 not how it works. <laughs> Always say the higher score first. It's ridiculous. I hate that. Yeah. I will say, though, it might be us just not coming around to it. I will never come around to it. But I can see how if you're texting, it saves an extra word. Because if someone goes, what's the score, you would say 14-7, then have to say Lions or Packers. Whereas you could, if you if it was a thing in your group where you always said your team score first, you wouldn't have to say that. But you have to say the team's name. It has to be better score first. Winner's rule. Losers you, you have to. And if you, you don't, to. I just don't know where you would have learned. Well, it tells me you don't know a lot about sports. Instantly. You can't be a sports fan if... Yeah, that's a great point. If you start off with saying you just didn't, something like that, you don't watch sports. Or, yeah. No. You, you pretend. No, I hate that. I think that's it. I don't think I have any more pet peeves that came to mind. Yeah. So. Bugs. That's it. That is... What? Bugs. You don't like bugs? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Uh, pet peeve. That's not. It's totally it's not. It's a dislike of uh, creatures. Anyways, that is it for today's show. Please follow our social accounts at Shot of MS. Like, rate, and subscribe <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all at Shot of MS. TikTok is at Shot of Michigan Sports. Gmail, um, Shot of Michigan Sports at gmail.com. Socials are a great place for video clips. I'm sure there'll be a lot from this show. It's pretty animated. And DMs to ask questions or any comments. Email is good for questions as well or any business, um, you know, advertisements, suggestions, that nature. You can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, depending on the platform, as Alex said earlier, like, rate, subscribe, leave a five-star review, share the link to the episode with a friend, be really helpful. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone listening. As always, I don't think I really say that enough. We should say thank you for listening to everyone that does because thanks for it means a lot. It gives us motivation to keep uh, to keep going and keep doing these shows because they are fun. All right. With all that being said, cheers to people lacking common sense. Cheers to the peeps. Cheers to grocery stores. The petty peeves. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Clip that. And uh everybody have a great night. <laughs> <laughs>